If you're ready to start making all the different parts of your productivity platform work together, then you're ready to start listening to Cross-Platform. Augusto Pinaud, Art Gelwicks. Each episode, we give you new information, tips, tricks, and insights into how to make your platform work together. Let's go ahead and get the ball rolling. Welcome to Cross-Platform Podcast, where we discuss how to solve productivity problems across platforms. Follow us. Um, oops. Where we discuss how to solve productivity across platforms. I'm Augusto Pinot. And I'm Mark Gelwix. And apparently our technology issues continue happening when you start reading the wrong script. I was going to say, did we the end show. the show that fast? Was it that short of a show? Did I blink and miss it? You blink and miss it, you know, oh. and you agree with me and everything that I said on this show. Imagine that. Okay. Well, then obviously this wasn't an Apple show, so we're good. So. <laughs> Today we're talking about one note. And for before before I let Art go on OneNote, uh, as as an expert in-house on OneNote, I'm going to share my short experience with OneNote as a person who worked with different contracts, when I found organizations who live in a Microsoft environment and I work with them, OneNote happens to be an incredible tool to corral all the news, all the information, everything that is need to happen one way or the other. So I believe it is an incredible tool. Like other Microsoft products, Outlook is the one that is coming to mind. One of my issues with OneNote is that it is a long, long, long road. And if you are not too careful, you are going to hang yourself with that rope. So that said, let me let now me... let you talk oh, good, <laughs> on OneNote. Well, I want to set some context for this and why we put OneNote on the show agenda. I mean, we've talked about Evernote in the past and in the future we'll talk about other ones. But I, I personally, being a, a OneNote fan and advocate and have been for a long time, I want to recognize the fact that OneNote is probably one of the best examples of cross-platform when it comes to an application, both pros and cons. Uh, if you're not familiar with OneNote, it's very similar in core concept to things like an Evernote, things like an Apple Notes. It's a, it's a note-taking tool, basically. It's in the name. Uh, but OneNote's been around for a while. It was originally re released November 2003. So this thing is almost legal. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's hard to believe that it's been out that long. It's been through multiple different revisions. It's through been through multiple different uh, 2007, 2010, 2013, 2016, all desktop updates. And one of the things that note that OneNote has always had as kind of its core was almost an anonymous nature. If you talk to most organizations, they have no idea or had no idea that OneNote was even available to them. Mm -hmm. OneNote really started to come into its own when we started to have three, Microsoft 365 implementations, because then you would go in and it's like, oh, wait, 
what's this OneNote thing? What's I've gone into client locations where they have had full Windows installs. OneNote is installed on the local desktop, Windows 2016. And people are OneNote 2016. People had no idea it was even installed. What the heck is this thing? So it's one of those platforms that because it's a Microsoft-based one, Microsoft has this tendency to try and spread things out across every place they can, at least in its early days, or if they think it can gain traction to larger strategic goals, in this case, cloud-based services. So OneNote is one of those applications. You can find it on Windows. You can find it on the browser. You can find it on iOS mobile. You can find it on, a on iOS tablets. You can find it on Android mobile, on Android tablets. It's all over the place. There's two different versions that are available on the Windows desktop, which causes its own set of confusion. Um, but it's every place. If you have a platform, there's a version of OneNote that you can use on it. That's a pro. The con is every version looks different. They all look different. They all act different. They, ha they have different functionality that carries over. Some have features, others don't. And it really becomes a struggle then when you start to say, okay, I'm going to use OneNote. If I'm only going to use it on one device, let's say my Windows desktop, I know I've got a really broad set of features. But if I'm going to use it in a cross-platform environment, let's say Windows desktop and my Android phone, now I have a problem. There are features I will use on the desktop that are not available on the phone that I can't even get to on the phone, which causes a problem with workflow and it causes a problem with organization and structure. Yeah, and that was, that was there was a time, I didn't know it was 2003, but yeah, I remember whenever now that it's around that same time mm -hmm. came out, that was one of the issues that Evernote had at the beginning over OneNote was the fact that it worked consistently. And to this yeah. day, it's still a problem. And it's still a problem I get it on Microsoft in general. I mean, mm -hmm. it is that lack of consistency, you know, as a Mac user for many years, I remember there were, for a moment, you were so ahead of the curve from the Windows friends and then the window releasing and now you were behind until the next Mac version, but they were never on pair. I, I was never yeah. the case. And same with the iOS, the Android apps and OneNote, is not the exception of this. So that make it a challenge in, especially when you need the tool, what are the tools, what are the, the features mm -hmm. that you are going to need on these things? You know, in the case of the iPad, they were incredibly well to take handwritten notes incredibly mm -hmm. well. Um, that actually I had a tablet PC uh, when Microsoft was doing those, and it was mm -hmm. really, really awesome in the tablet PC too. So, um, but when you move now to the phone, to the iPhone specifically, um, the app fall apart. So if you can leave with the iPad on your hand, it's great, but the features don't translate as powerful when you now move to the iPhone, I don't know why. Yeah, it's it's really kind of tough because it's a great example of what happens when you have a core application concept built by different teams within a large organization that don't necessarily coordinate 100%. Uh, you look at applications from Google, well, they're all based on the browser. That gives you a common platform. 
Correct. Then you've got, you know, when Android applications or iOS applications are derived from that, they know that the center is still the browser. The problem with something like OneNote, for the longest time, all the way up through 2016, the center of its world was the Windows desktop, mm -hmm. was actually files stored. That's another big difference when we look at this tool. Uh, other applications will synchronize because they're synchronizing to a data server somewhere in the cloud. Well, OneNote to this day still works off of files that are stored in the cloud and then synchronized through the files. That's a good thing and a bad thing. Good thing is I can have local copies of everything. Works great. I can actually pack up those files as OneNote notebooks and send them to somebody or back them up off to a flash drive. Can't do that with something like Evernote or Notion. So that's a plus. Downside is, is that file then has to replicate other places if I'm synchronizing across multiple devices. Synchronization is a notorious issue for OneNote because of design. And it's this technical debt and legacy that comes in from when the tool originally, you know, what its core platform was originally to how it grew across this cross-platform model. If anybody asks me today, you know, what's the best place for me to use OneNote? I actually have three different answers. Mm -hmm. One if I want full the fullest feature set possible, it's Windows Desktop. Flat out, end of discussion. If I want the best digital ink experience, it's on an iPad. And if I want something that is available in the most places in the most seamless manner, it's in the browser. So that becomes difficult because I wish I could then say, yeah, you can do the same thing all over the place. But we know, as I've said before, that you can't. So when we start to think about some of those, those challenges you get into, you can see the evolution of this product in this cross-platform environment where they take the strength of it from one side and they move it over to another. Um, if you think about it from the, the iPad standpoint, iPads were not a thing when OneNote was originally designed. Correct. Just didn't happen. When iPads, when tablets, when digital ink really started to take off and they decided, okay, we're going to make OneNote compatible with that. They made the right decisions, Microsoft did, in giving that functionality over basically to the iOS teams and say, look, this is kind of your strength. Make it work. Because you saw those step up sooner than on the Windows tablets and on Android tablets. And a lot of that core thinking came over and came into play. And one of those core pieces is optical character recognition. Being able to handwrite within a digital tablet and then have that handwriting be searchable. Well, I'll be honest with you, that was not going to happen starting off of Windows desktop. There was no reason because that functionality just wasn't commonly there. But because the iPad had that natively, for lack of a better term, they had that native functionality, it made sense then to build into OneNote this capability to do OCR. Well, now that then extends and evolves. Now it's not just OCR for digital ink. It's OCR for any image you put into OneNote. 
because it'll now scan through a handwritten document and highlight, you know, search text and things like that. So cross-platform can be extremely powerful for the growth of a particular tool if they recognize the value of taking the best from a platform and spreading it into other platforms when it makes sense. Now, there's some, some problems that this creates. And One then of before the you go into the go problem, ahead. No, go ahead. Let, let me interrupt because there is there is something that I always say about the cross-platform, and it is important to know where where is this thing taking me, where I'm taking this thing, and and as we have said on the previous shows, what is my main device? What is the device that I'm really going to be using this platform the most? Mm -hmm. uh, because I have seen people using OneNote as the tool for meetings, okay? Then, hey, use Windows, because now you share your screen into that big monitor mm -hmm. or, or a screen, and then now you can use, you can kept, capture who is going to be the responsible. That works incredibly. If you are trying to use the e-ink, well, then, then Windows may not be that main machine. But you need to identify that even before you start creating the notebooks of the notebooks, I I had a client that uh, the work gave them a surface, okay? So she was using the e-ink on the surface for, for that, and she wanted one note for her personal life, okay? But she did not want it to have her personal life into this particular surface. So she began testing other platforms that produce her a lot of frustration until she actually end up buying another surface to be her personal surface so she could do what she really loved to do in OneNote. So be aware of that and where are the limits that you have? You know, can you use the work thing and create your notebook and have your personal notebook in the company laptop with the understanding what that, that information now it's accessible by the company? Or no, do I need to have them all separate or how you're going to work with dif those different variables? Yeah, and this is, OneNote's one of those applications that it's available to everyone. OneNote is free, straight off. You just go to OneNote.com, you sign up from a Microsoft account and you can start using OneNote. You can, you can load it on your devices, you can start running storing. Um, works great, it's a fantastic tool that way. The use cases I've seen where people use it in a corporate environment or a business environment versus the personal, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing line that winds up occurring naturally between those. Um, and I, even more so than business versus personal, business versus education is a huge one mm -hmm. because a lot of the educators use it off of the iPads. That's their primary build place. But... Microsoft now says, okay, we've got this tool, OneNote. It's pretty much everywhere. To use it, to synchronize, to make this work, it's best if you're storing your files in one drive. Well, that's a gateway for them to get people to use Office 365 and OneDrive because now you can share this stuff easily enough. We're going to put it all over the place. And I do mean all over the place now, because now you, what, this is another part of this cross-platform thinking. When an application goes beyond itself, 
and starts mm -hmm. to integrate into other things, that's when you truly have to start thinking about how do you use this. And with OneNote, if you start to look at things like Microsoft Teams, if you start to th look at things like SharePoint, and again, like OneDrive, OneNote's embedded in those now. If you're using Microsoft Teams, you can go into a team, go into a channel and create a OneNote notebook right in there. And it runs in a little browser window inside of Teams and everybody can interact with it. They can open up that notebook to their copy of Windows or of OneNote 2016 and have a local synchronized copy of it and edit collaboratively. This is a big step because it goes beyond that app that we're taking notes just on our iPad or on our phone or whatever. This becomes a much larger cross-platform piece. That in itself, though, again, brings challenges as well as strengths. Strengths, collaboration, this sucker loves collaboration. It is, if you've ever been in a meeting with somebody who knows how to like use OneNote incredible. for a meeting, it is so, so slick to watch. Just because the fact that you can have everybody connected into the same notebook, you're taking notes, they're capturing information, doing updates, everything's in real time. It's just seamless. Being able to take notes and immediately send them to Outlook so that you can send out meeting minutes right after the fact. Uh, being able to go in Outlook and say, add this email or add this meeting to OneNote. And it immediately pulls in the agenda list or the attendee list and the agenda and all those right. notes are then captured. This is the kind of functionality that from a business standpoint is great. From a personal standpoint, you'll never use those features. You might, but I, I highly doubt it, which means that that's feature load that may be unnecessary. Now, the only places you really find it are like, in 2016, which is the full-fledged one. But you don't really find that feature on an iPad or on an Android tablet or on a phone because it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for it to be there. So that's one of the, it's not really a con or a pro, but it's a point of recognition. You're not always going to have the same thing. So you have to think about your process and your platform that you're building. And I'll use the context of what we were laying out. OneNote for me on my phone is primarily a capture and a reporting piece. It's for capture of text notes, handwritten notes, because I've got a, a Samsung Ultra, and images. Load tons of images into there. And also web clippings too, but I'll talk web, about web clippings in a bit. All of those are just constantly going into my OneNote notebooks. Why? Because I know they're captured and I can manipulate them later on in other locations. On my tablet, that's where I capture my handwriting almost all the time. If I'm going to be taking any sort of long form handwritten notes, and I do a lot of that, that's on my tablet. Why? Because I got a bigger stylus and it's a better interface and it's a bigger interface. I can do some processing there too, but I don't even do that. It's mostly just you know, report some of the information back and do a specific type of capture. But all the processing, manipulating notes, cleaning them up, moving around, organizing, that's all either in the browser or most of the time on the desktop because the functionality is there. See, if you're not familiar with OneNote and you haven't seen it, it looks like a spiral notebook. I mean, it's, it is exactly that metaphor. 
<clears throat> excuse me, it's got tabs, what they refer to as sections, pages, full notebooks. I mean, it, it's very simple to make that mental transition into what you're creating and what you're working with. But it's also part of that process that's taken me a long time to define where's the best place to do things. I've tried to do a lot of capture on my phone and then go back and try and do the processing and the capabilities just not there. The ability to move things around easily just isn't there. There's, there's usability failings that hamper that entire process. So it whatever tool you're looking at. Yeah. Because what it remind me is that Trapper keeper that we used to take yeah. to school. You know, yeah. that's more than a, when I think on a scribe notebook, I think on a one on a one topic, maybe. Mm -hmm. What 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 it didn't what I think on 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 one note, what I always have thought is that proverbial trapper keeper that we used yeah. to have. Uh, you can create everything in there. A, a three-ring notebook is probably a better example of it because right, it right. is it is sectionable. You can move content around and it's one of those things that whatever it is when we're thinking about cross-platform, one of the things that I try to get people to, to recognize is that the application has to give you the ability to reorganize your information. If you can't shuffle stuff around and reorganize it to the context and the organizational structure you need at that time, you might as well have put it in a paper notebook because it's not right. helping you any. But the ability to go through and grab entire sections, grab groups of pages and create subsets of pages, be able to go through and do things like tagging, which I'll talk about in a little bit because that's not a strength. Um, that's incredibly powerful because that's where the digital comes to the table and says, hey, I can do more heavy lifting. But that initial metaphor, you know, trying to get somebody to use, I'm like, have you ever used a three ring notebook? Yeah. Okay. So you're about quarter of the way there then. Well, and and that was that bring to you know for and I know you 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 had a program at some point. I don't know if the program is still available, but you had a program for using ever uh, OneNote and um, the impact the, the bullet journal. So, mm -hmm. how to implement the bullet journal concept sure. into there? Because I think that's where that digital concept specifically in the iPad from my perspective because of the inking and I think on the bullet journal more graphical than than a structure at least that's how I see it that's the reason it failed for me <laughs> I'm not a There's, there are but, entire communities focused around bullet journal implementations in OneNote and it's what's interesting about this as compared to other platform impl implementations of it, because you'll see it for things like Evernote and things like that. Correct. OneNote is a very free form page. Mm -hmm. You can move anything anywhere you want. You can overlap things. You can drop images as well as text, as well as handwriting, create entire structures, make them as page templates, and then reuse them. Well, there's, like I said, there's an entire community of people who have created these highly artistic, incredibly beautifully designed page templates for, for organizing your day and organizing your structures and made them available in the OneNote environment. I mean, it, it's some high-end work. It's way, well beyond what I'm putting effort into to be able to do. Uh, but it's, oh, well, in, in your case, it's putting effort. In my case, it's capability. But it well, <laughs> it's, these are some highly skilled. It's nice to be able to see the level that this can get to. But again, it's one of those things that 
the more powerful that implementation is, the more limited it becomes in where you can work with it effectively. You really start to, if I'm, if I'm a person who's using OneNote as my daily planner and on my iPad or my tablet, I have this fancy designed you know, planner page and I'm using that. Unless I have a stylus on my phone, that page is now going to be a read-only page for me for all intents and purposes. It's going to be difficult to translate that across multiple sources. So I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole on that, but that's, that's the kind of thing when we start to look at common features uh, that other applications provide and we start to look at something like OneNote, it's like, oh, cool. So it can do all these things. Well, this is where one night starts to fall on its face a little bit. Some things that we expect it to be able to do doesn't do particularly well. In other things, it does extremely well. Uh, tagging, which I mentioned earlier, tagging is one of its limitations. You look at applications like Notion and Evernote and things like that. Tagging is a core piece of them, you know, especially if they're using like a hashtag and a tag text entry. Great. OneNote doesn't do that as well. And I think it might partially be because it is such a freeform open structure. One of the things that OneNote's tagging allows you to do is tag pretty much any object on a page. So if, if you've dropped an image on there, you can tag that image. If you've written some handwritten text, you can tag that handwritten text. The problem is, is their tagging structure is much more cumbersome because they attach to it not only text, but an image and a color scheme. And, you know, is it going to be bold? And it's very visually focused, which means that there's a cap as to how many you can put in there and how they work. Correct. But then they've added, you know, in classic Microsoft fashion, they've added extra functionality to something that you would think would be extremely basic. So they have the ability to have a to-do tag or multi-state tag. So they have a tag that when you put it in there and you say, you know, this is a to-do item, it actually has three different states. And depending on if you click on the tag or not, it changes the state of that tag. Nice functionality only works on the desktop. <laughs> you can't use that on mobile and you can't use it on the tablet. Right. So now I'm like, oh, I'm going to use this tagging capability. This is really cool. I can do I can do a lot of organization. Yeah, but I've now limited the spread of this in my cross-platform environment. If I come to count on this capability, well, now I got a problem because I have to go back and use it only in this one spot. So I have to take that into consideration. On the flip side, their search capability is fantastic. I use search in OneNote all the time. And it's one of the few places I use search all the time because most I'm an old school database guy. So I like putting categories and, you know, tables and things like that in there, but to go find something in OneNote, Yeah. You just go up search box box and start typing because not only does it find it on the pages and in the notebooks, you can define the scope just from the dropdown. And if it's things like a piece of handwritten text on a page and you're looking for the word like Augusto, it not only will find it, it will highlight it in the handwriting or it will highlight it on the image. So if right. you have a PDF or a bunch of images, maybe of a contract, oh, it's great for being able to pull that stuff back constantly. So this is where 
and we've said it before numerous times on numerous shows, the more time you can spend learning how the tool works, the better your implementation of the tool is going to be. Yeah. I, other, I cannot agree with you more into that. Yeah. But here's, we'll talk about a limitation though. We start to look at, you know, again, the pros and the cons. A lot of the applications out there have the ability to integrate with other systems. They can work with things like Tasker and they can work with Automate and they can work with Zapier. Uh, OneNote doesn't do that very well. They it don't do it really well with Outlook, but it, it does to a certain degree within the Microsoft sphere. And if I use, say, Power Automate, I have the capabilities to push some information and pull some information back, but okay. not at the same level as other applications. And it may partially be because it works across so many different platforms and it has kind of this generic blob model in the background. But it's, it can be a limitation. If you want to highly automate what you're doing, you're going to hit the wall really quick with OneNote. On the flip side, the Web Clipper is a great little tool with OneNote. I use the Web Clipper all the time because the Web Clipper is a smart Web Clipper in Chrome. So if I'm looking at a page that's an article, I can go in and say, grab the full page or grab just the text as if I were using a, you know, something like a um, pocket or something like that or, or yeah, Instapaper. Pocket or Instapaper. Yeah, or, or same idea. Or browser, yeah. But this is, I mean, it's that great branch in because now not only am I capturing the article and getting rid of a, a lot of the extraneous stuff, I'm capturing the full text. Now that full text is searchable in my OneNote and I can go through and I can organize it. I can move around. I can sit and read whenever I want to. So it has a lot of that built-in capability that's really useful. The other thing that I that is interesting with this and I recommend people look at when they're building out their platforms is integration with other companies' stuff. And the reason why I say that is one of the things that we've seen over the past, eh, I guess about a year, is not only Microsoft's integration of OneNote with other things, for example, integration of OneNote and Outlook. So for example, if you go to Outlook on the web now, in the upper corner, there's a little stack of notes. And if you hit it, it lists your most recent notes, your sticky notes out of OneNote. It's a really nice capability. Makes it really easy to go through and do reminders. But now they've gone even further. Samsung notes from Samsung synchronized into OneNote. So I can use Samsung notes to capture and then know that that stuff's going to be available to me in my OneNote notebooks and I can move things around and organize them. It's not the exact same product. It's not totally seamless. I mean, there are still some things. But if I like Samsung Notes functionality better on my devices, I can at use it. At least them. now you can get all that it is an It is an option. So when we look at these applications and I compare them to other things when I'm trying to build out a platform, if I compare it to, say, an Evernote, well, Evernote doesn't have that tight of integration with other applications, it has some, and it has a lot more capability on the back end through things like a Zapier. But it's it's a different type of functionality. Something right. like a Notion, they just released their API recently. So there's still a ton of 
distance that they have to cover to be able to get to that level. I think with an application like OneNote, one of its weaknesses is the fact that it's so powerful. It has... It I has cannot an, agree more with you. Yeah, it, it has a very hockey stick learning curve because it's easy to get into and start capturing initial notes. You can, you can hit the, the ground running. If you start, if you never start with one note or you're not using one note and you want to start best place to start is on a mobile device, load it on your iPhone, load it on your Android phone, use that version because one, it's simple Two, it integrates nicely with the operating systems. Three, it does the kinds of things that you would expect it to be able to do on those devices. Work with the camera, allow you to take notes, allow you to look things up. It's it, very straightforward. It's when you start to dig further into it, you realize that, okay, I've hit the cap on the capabilities on the mobile devices. Now I have to move to the web. Now I have to move to the Windows 10 version. Now I have to move to the desktop version. Now that hockey stick goes up a lot because you just get hit with this wall of functionality. Right. And it's not that it's hard to figure out. A lot of the conversations I've had with people, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know where to start. I'm like, do you know how to use Word? Well, yeah, I know how to use Word. Okay, so you know how to work with a page then. For all intents and purposes, that's what you're doing. The base structure is there. It's just a little bit more flexible. But because it's such an open palette, it can be a problem. And I think that's not just OneNote. I think we find that a lot of tools across platforms. Yeah, and, and a lot of tools. I mean, as I was saying at the beginning, it's a long rope. Can you do a lot with that rope? Yes. But also, if you're not careful. And it is interesting because over the years, I have moved more towards having more applications that do something specifically incredibly well than have one application that do a lot, but not everything will take me where I want. So when I think on unwritten and documents and all that on my tablets, on my iPads, I use GoodNotes and that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And they are filing there and, and I'm good. Can I do that on OneNote? Yes. But I like the fact that that does all order there, easy to do, all work. So, and that, you know, it's one of the things with OneNote. The power of OneNote really comes when you really use it. When you come and say, mm -hmm. okay, this is where I'm going to have all this minute for meeting, all these work notes, and, mm -hmm. and I'm really living with it. One note, for, for whatever reason, it's not a casual platform. It's not something, you know, you can use the notes on the iPhone or the iPad casually. Now, let me write it down, mm -hmm. and you don't care, and stay there, and doesn't matter. One note, for some reason, doesn't work at that casual level. It crash and burn. I don't know exactly why. It's as you said, it works as a capture device if that's where you are capturing. But it mm -hmm. doesn't work well when you say, okay, I need to capture something quick. Let me open OneNote. It will never fly. I, at least I have never seen it fly. Well, that way. And that's, that's one of the things that it, it becomes a bit of a challenge if you are trying to self-adopt something like OneNote in a, in a larger environment. If you're self-adopting it, for your personal stuff and you're capturing it on, you know, your pocket devices, easy, easy peasy, not a problem. 
in a business environment or in a more formalized environment, you're right. That process can be a little different, difficult. And that's, again, where you, you dig into understanding how the product works itself. Um, one of the capabilities for OneNote, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to look at the shortcut here just to make sure I have the shortcut correct. Yeah. So one of the things I can do is if I have OneNote 2016 running on my desktop, if I need to take a note at any time, I can just hold down my Windows key and hit N, and that will pop open a OneNote, a blank OneNote note over whatever I'm doing. And I can capture whatever I need, close it, and it's immediately captured into OneNote. So if I have a section on the screen that I've highlighted, maybe some text, maybe an image I've copied to my clipboard, Windows N, Control V, close, done. I have the ability to do screen clippings. So Windows Shift S on, again, on the Windows desktop, I can then do a screen grab. And just by doing the screen grab, instead of saying, here's the image you caught, it asks, where do you want me to put this? And it shows you your open notebooks and your sections, and you just select the one and say, put it there. And it's captured, and you can then go back and work with it. So there's a lot of, of direct path things to getting things into the notebook. But I think you're absolutely right. One of the challenges is organizing the content that you've captured. It is extremely easy to capture a ton of stuff mm -hmm. and then not have it organized. And that's where the equation to something like a yellow legal pad is very similar. If you look at people's yellow legal pads that they go through and capture handwritten notes, there's no real organizational structure to it. If they need something, they flip through the pages till they find what they need. There's right. no relation between things. There's no tabs. There's no organization structure because that takes time to set up. And they count the fact that they can visually search for content rather than actually organizing. And that's, again, one of the things you can do with OneNote. Where people see the benefit is when they start to think about how the last part of this, how the information in OneNote will be reported back out, how it will be shared out. That's what can make or break this. And one of my favorite ways to use OneNote with a team is to, to introduce them to OneNote by using it as a consumption tool. Because it has this freeform structure to it, and it has the ability to link to not only things outside itself, but also pages and content within itself, it's easy to create the equivalent of a little website within OneNote. Correct. So, so often I'll start by creating procedural guides within OneNote. I'll take existing content. I'll take screenshots from pages that already list and put them into pages in OneNote and create sections and create links within those sections and those pages. And then have the whole thing sit someplace in OneDrive where it's read-only so that they can just look at it and be able to go through and manipulate and see the content. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, you know, this, this is, and I'm like, sure. And if I turn off the read only, you can edit all of this because that becomes the next step. Say, okay, you are now responsible for this page. Keep it up to date. And you can see things such as the revision history and who's made modifications and roll pages back and undelete things that were accidentally deleted. It becomes a very dynamic, almost wiki like environment. Mm -hmm. That capability helps people kind of branch into, well, what can I possibly do with this? 
developers are a big one that that love having this capability. I work with developers all the time. I'm like, great, you're going to create something, document it. Document it in OneNote if you don't have any other tool to document. If you're not using GitHub or something else like that. Internal builds, things like that. Sure, take the screenshots, write the notes down, capture the code pieces that you need, use that as your reference base. And that is a really interesting collaboration that obviously I haven't, I don't have a lot of expertise because I don't do a lot of coding for not say any coding, but that's a, that's a, that's one of the things that again, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, when you live on that Microsoft environment that mm -hmm. make this tool really the collaboration Canva. And I agree you have now can access into teams and, and can make everything available for view or for share or for people to really collaborate. And that make this so incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's it's one of those pieces where, again, it's it's unfortunate because you have to really be bought into the Microsoft ecosystem to see the maximum set of benefits from it. Um, that said, the Microsoft ecosystem is so prevalent that the odds are pretty good that you're going to run into this. Yeah. Um, if you're in an organization that has deployed something like 365, odds are really good you have access to this unless they've intentionally turned it off. If you're in an org that doesn't operate this way, it's still available to you, but you're going to hit the cap on capabilities pretty quick at an organizational level. At a personal level, to me, this is a fantastic tool for just general use. I mean, just to give practical examples, there's an, there's an eternal question with one notebook or one note, one notebook or lots of notebooks, which do you have? I'm a big fan of the lots of notebooks. <laughs> I have a notebook for every topic. Guilty. And there's a, there's a specific reason why is because notebooks get chubby and when they get chubby, they synchronize slowly. And that's the last thing you want to have happen because if that notebook should curl up and die somewhere, even though it's in the cloud and you can cover it, if it corrupts and curls up and dies, you lose everything that's in it. So that's a thing. So I like lots of little notebooks and I will move stuff around accordingly. But there's, again, basic features that d other applications that don't have that for some reason they've turned on in OneNote and really can be compelling. OneNote has the ability to secure a section in a notebook with a password. And that password is unrecoverable even by Microsoft. And you can have a different password for every section Correct. that you want to secure, which is really kind of crazy because normally you would say, okay, I'm going to secure the notebook and it's protected. And but I can have a notebook for an entire team and each part of the team can have a different password. I've set up notebooks for development teams and, and team teams that I manage, well, I'll have a tab for each person in the notebook and I'll give each one of them their own password to that section. So that way it's their stuff that's in that notebook. And I have one notebook that I have to go deal with for all the team right. specific information. On the flip side though, if you have a group that's like, oh, no, I want all my stuff separate. That's fine. Then you give them each one of them a notebook because you can open all those notebooks through the client, you can say, you know, here's team member A, B, C, D, and here's all their stuff. The notebook can be a template. You stand up the notebook one time with all the structure that you need and say, okay, I'm going to start up a new project. For example, if I have a project notebook that I'm using, I have a 
defined a notebook as the entire template, lots of pages and structures, everything that I need in advance, including maybe files that I'm going to reference against. Save that as a file and say, okay, I'm going to start up a new one. I'm going to make a copy of this notebook. Off and running. And the best part that I like about that is, especially in an organization, one of the things that often people will ask is, well, how do I get my stuff out? How do I get it out of OneNote? Right. OneNote has the ability to do exports. You can take any OneNote page and dump it as a Word page. You can dump them as PDF files. You can pull that information out and use it. I will take advantage of that when I'm put getting rid of old notebooks. I mentioned the project one earlier. This is one of those that I use all the time because the last thing I want to do is put a OneNote notebook, which is a special kind of file, out there for... Three years from now, somebody needs to access and look at the project notes. It's just, it's awkward. Yeah. Don't have to do that. I can go into OneNote 2016, go to a notebook, a export as a PDF, and then put that into an archive somewhere. Don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to edit it anymore, so what do I care? Done. Put away, put to bed. That's a very compelling argument in my mind for being able to put this together. And I've used that not only or professionally, but personally as well, trip notebooks where I'll go through and because I keep travel notebooks all the time. If I'm going to go on a trip, everything's planned out in the travel notebook. I have images of where I'm going and map links and all that happy stuff that goes in there, observations. Uh, but afterwards, I'm not going to edit that anymore. But if I export it as a PDF file, now I can just save it. It's smaller. I can see all that stuff again. I can reference it. So there's a lot of that capability when I think about it from a cross-platform standpoint. Correct. Where is it useful? I don't want to sound like too much of an ad advocate for it, but I think OneNote is one of the top, it's definitely one of the top five note-taking applications out there. I mean, you will see it face-to-face -face with pretty much all of them. Out and there. I agree with you. I don't, again, I don't use it, okay? And, and I begin saying that I don't use it, but... But that said, I agree with you. And I think if you are on those conditions where you are in a Windows environment, when you want a robust tool to share and to collaborate, a few things will do better on that on those conditions than uh, OneNote. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've played with a lot of them. And to me, the sign of a good application, it's the one you keep going back to. No matter how many other applications you try, how many new tools that come down the pike, the one that you keep going back to is the one that's going to work for you. And no matter how many times I've changed path, I always keep coming back to OneNote. OneNote is one of the first 10 applications I will load on any device because I know that it has the stuff I need and I can get to it. Um, that said, its future looks highly promising. There was concern for a while that OneNote was going to go away because Microsoft said, oh, we're going to get rid of OneNote 2016 and you're just going to use OneNote for Windows 10 and you'll only have the browser. Ver there was a lot of misconstrued future planning. Yeah, it's happened Microsoft with this. People panic and read what yep. is not written in there. Microsoft backed off on a lot of that and said, nope, you know what? We're going to get rid of the Windows 10 piece because we're not going to have Windows 10 anymore. We're going to have Windows 11. We're going to get rid of OneNote as part of the default install for Windows 10, but you can pull it out of the store, so it's still going to be available. 
and we're going to continue to add functionality. And the fact that you see it tied into other manufacturers, such as a Samsung, the, C, the, the fact that you see this tool tied into their core enterprise platforms screams that there is a long-term support plan to this platform. You don't see a lot of updates on the roadmap. Honestly, I look at the roadmap all the time and there is just a lack of OneNote stuff in there, which is a shame but they're still committed to making it work and continuing it on its path. So it's been around 17 years. I have a sneaky feeling it's going to be around for quite a while longer. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that piece of product going anywhere. Not, I mean, their capabilities going anywhere other than up. So. Yeah. And that's, that's why I think if we go back to the core part of the show, if you're looking at cross-platform tools, and we're going to talk about a number of, number of them over coming episodes. Uh, we've already talked about Evernote. Evernote is a great cross-platform tool. OneNote is a great cross-platform tool. We'll talk about ones like Notion and things like that. Those are safe bets to go look at as possible implementations. Um, don't think that just because you've seen it in one place or one way it won't work across all the different things that you need it to. And that's I agree really with you concern. 100%. And that's, that's what this show is all about. I mean, we have to, we have to go back to though, to that core tenant that we've always talked about. Know what you want to use it for, not necessarily what just it does. Correct. Because if you have that understanding, you may find it's overkill. You may find it's complete. There's nothing I need this thing to do besides take handwritten notes. Well, it could be totally overkill for you then. But it's that understanding that comes into play. Well, and with this, we get to the end of the show. Follow us where you like to listen podcast, like us, or subscribe to us and leave us a review. You can also interact with us in personalproductivity.club. We are Augusta Binat and Argyll Weeks. And see you next time from your favorite device. <laughs>